Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hello, hello, hello. From 88.9 Red Milwaukee, I'm Justin Barney. From Milwaukee Film, I'm Christopher Pollard. And we are Cinebuds. Today, we are talking about the movie Flea. Hvad betyder ordet hjem for dig? Hjem er noget, som er trygt. Kabul, les attaques des Mujahideen, repris. Flea is not about the bass guitarist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow, nice. I was shocked to find out. Uh, Flea, F-L-E-E, is an amazing uh, animated documentary from director Jonas Rasmussen, and it's about Amin, who is a refugee from Afghanistan, who eventually makes his way to Denmark. Uh, The filmmaker is a friend of his, and they tell his story after many, many years of never having told it before. It's an amazing, intense story of escape and finding a new home. Christopher, the the Oscar nominations just came out, and this movie is up for Best International Feature best documentary and best animated movie. What did you think of Flea? I thought Flea was amazing. It's a very impressive um, filmmaking achievement. And it's also Mm -hmm. an incredibly uh, monstrous and, and yet hopeful story. So, I mean, to combine all that and to make it animated which was a very interesting choice. I get it. I get why it's getting all the attention. It's really great. Yes. I absolutely love this as well. My favorite kind of book, my favorite genre of book is memoir. I just like read yeah. memoirs compulsively. And also like me and you are big fans of graphic novels. That's true. And this was a memoir and a graphic novel as a movie. Right. It had this like singular storyline of Amin, who is our, our our main character. And it had his story of fleeing Afghanistan. It was themes of like what is a home, of how are people treated as immigrants. It felt like sometimes I, I was watching it and I was like, how have I not seen more stories like this? There are stories of of immigration all the time, or we talk about immigration all the time, but this felt like somehow a singular and unique story that was so beautiful, so heart touching, and it got to like it got to an hour and a half, and I was like, man, the one movie I feel like I could watch for two yeah, and a half I know. hours. <laughs> I know like, we is it is it an hour and a half. We've been complaining for months, like every movie's two and a half <laughs> hours. I'm like, I I could absolutely watch and listen to more of this. I mean, especially the hopeful parts of it, because you definitely go through moments where you're like, oh man, this is really rough, and then you come, you know, there, it's a bit of a roller coaster. So, I mean, I'm glad there wasn't more bad, but I would love love to see more of the good. <laughs> yes. And we are going to talk about the good and the bad. The artistic direction of this is really interesting. The way that the animation kind of like softens the story. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about that. Humanizes it even more is uh, is absolutely incredible. 
Flea, we saw it at the Oriental Theater. It's also streaming on Hulu. It's up for three Oscars. It's absolutely incredible. You know, I got to the end of the, like some of the Oscars, like I was watching for like Best Picture and I'm like, am I just like not feeling movies how I felt them before? <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, am I just like numb to art? Yeah. And then I saw this and I was like, no, I am in love. <laughs> it is incredible. I know if this, if this would have been the week where you'd be like, you know what? I just don't know. I know it's good, but I would have been like, I'm out. All right, Flea, we're going to talk more about it in a second. Stay tuned. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. It's the most charitable time of year, and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat, and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. And we're back. Hi. Sure. Like Christopher, are you? Are you? Are you here? <laughs> Hi, yeah, everybody. You? Hi, everyone. All right, we are talking about Flea, and so Flea is a documentary about a, a refugee from Afghanistan when Afghanistan begins its civil war in the 1980s, and it has it has great footage from each kind of era that it goes into, yeah. and it, it it shows it in like a. You know, it it shows these real clips of real things that happen that kind of like interspersed through the animation, but it is mostly animated and it is, it's up for best animated movie at the Oscars. Um, Christopher, I am the one who loves animated movies. You do not love animated movies as much as I do. Wait, 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 wait. Absolutely false. The only thing, the difference is you like the Pixar genre of animated movies sure i guess those are like there's the most of those i love animated movies i just yeah yeah yeah. i take it back um (laughs) you take it back (laughs) that's fair that's fair yeah um uh, what did you think about the animation in this movie what do you think that it that it did for the movie and uh, um what do you think of it it's so interesting because i mean there's been animated documentaries of uh in recent years actually, but it's such the opposite of what you would think of when you think of a documentary animation is typically used for fantasy. A documentary right. is all about journalism and reality. Real. Yeah. So it's so, it's already fascinating to use that in a documentary. And then you have the added element of it's actually used for a functional reason. It's helping to protect the anonymity of the subject in a very creative way. And then Mm -hmm. on top of that, it lends itself to the beauty of the sweet parts of the story and the, and the terror of the horrible parts of the story. And they have different animation styles almost for diff for kind of the more hopeful moments. And then uh, like more of like a charcoal, you know, uh, kind of a uh, dusty charcoal for these kind of rough moments and mm-hmm. a cleaner style for the you know interviews and it's really used so thoroughly 
in, in, in this movie. And I just kept thinking about how impressive it is that they chose this because it just, it works on so many levels for this. I agree. And I also, I think there's something about animation that at least for me is like so easy to watch. And maybe that's like why it's appealing to kids and uh, um, just appealing overall is that it's easy to watch. And I, and I think that, I think that for this story, it's it's a very difficult story of immigration. I mean, the stuff that happens to him and his family is, I mean, it is like the most gutting kind of thing that can happen to a human being. Yeah. Like the dehumanization of immigrants is really brought out in this movie yeah. in uh, you know, in a way that I feel like I just haven't really like, you just don't really see, you know, it was, it was really incredible. And I, I think that I, I think that the animation kind of like softens that in a way it, it like makes it, I think the, the subject is so difficult. It would be so, right. it would be so hard to watch. I think it makes it a little it a little easier. I think it makes it land a little easier. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I do. And I can see how people could criticize that um, because, you know, documentary is supposed to show the naked, horrible truth. I uh-huh. do think it's interesting. And may, if this was the intention, and I don't know that it was, but to use it in a way that it's like a, to make the medicine go down. Like I need you to absorb yeah. the reality of what's happening. And if animation is going to be the thing that helps you absorb it, then we'll try that. And I think that it like it gives a beauty to it and a kind of imagination to it because it is animation and and art is, you know, is so much of it is held in the imagination. And uh, um, and I think that it, it gave this that kind of beauty to this really, really gritty story of how like terrible humans can be. And honestly, I, I, the story is so gripping and mm-hmm. and real that as you're watching it, even though it's animated, there's never a point at which I thought, oh, this is just a story, a fictional story. And they also do a great job, like you said, of interspersing it with actual footage of the time, of the era and the place. Just, mm-hmm. just as a little reminder, just in case, like, this is a real thing that has happened. But honestly, even with the animation, I was never... I was never detached from the reality of the story. Uh, yes, totally. Yeah. And the reality of the story is a story of immigration. And this is it's him and his family are refugees from Afghanistan and they are bounced to Russia. And then this this story, you know, we were watching Drive My Car and I'm like, why like Drive My Car like never really got its like hooks in me. Yeah. And I never really like felt the story. And I was when I was like, I was like, what was I missing there? What am I missing? And uh, this is a story that really got it, it really came through to me. Yeah. The story of them being sent to Russia and then they get to Russia and they can't do anything. They can't even go outside because they don't have the right papers. Yeah. And the cops are corrupt. And so they just keep on taking their money every single chance they can get. And then they have to like their son saves up money and sends it to them to try to go somewhere else. And just the 
going anywhere. It just like the 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 being an immigrant, it, you know, it made me think of the people who are like, you know, love it or leave it. If you don't like it in the U.S., <laughs> like yeah. leave. And it makes you realize like you can't do that. People don't want you. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. immigrating is hard. You can't just go somewhere. And I as mean, Americans, it's, like, it's it's a luxury that we could. We could leave. It's, yes. It's, and that's yes. a luxury you don't think about. But for a majority, people can't just leave their country and enter another one. Right. And this really showed the difficulty of getting out of whatever you're born into or whatever government that you're born into, whatever it's going yeah. on to try to go somewhere else that has confined by borders that we made up, you know, like the difficulty of doing that, how dehumanizing it was for them, the trials and tribulations they had to go just to freaking live, Yeah, you know, it was really powerful. I noticed it's one of those things where like immigration is, it has always been, a hot button issue and we hear the word and people have a reaction to it. Usually on one side or the other, there's probably multiple reactions to just to the word because it's so vague and general. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. depending on how you grew up, you react to it one way or the other movies like this. I mean, they use the phrase, you put a face to it, but this genuinely is, you see what, it means you see what it means. You see what can happen and what people have to go through just so they're not constantly beset by a horrific environment, uh, threatened with violence and death. And it's in cases worse, if you can imagine. So you see this and this, <clears throat> it feels unreal uh, because you're used to hearing it as just a vague topic about people coming into the country, etc. Should they or shouldn't they? Blah, blah, blah. This shows you the humanity and the horror that goes into it and the kind of mm -hmm. people that come out of it. I mean, this guy has a real future. Like he has an incredible, inc incredible resilience, incredible character, incredible intelligence. And like the, it's shocking to think you paint everybody with one brush, but like this is an, mm -hmm. an asset to any country. This guy, he's unbelievable. Yes. So I mean, it, it's a wonderful way. It's that's a, one of the things the, the film does that I think is incredibly helpful. Is it really puts a face to this kind of vague notion. And it also showed some of the issues that come with being an immigrant. He talked about like not you know, he couldn't tell the truth about his life to anyone and how alienating that is. And it showed like some of the people who were like on that car in that cargo ship, yeah. you know, and uh, the fact that they just like, you know, were in shock and couldn't talk for several days and the kind of like what that does to a personality and uh, what that kind of like effect can have on you. Um, I thought that was a thing that I never really heard of, of like the effect that, going through this can have yeah. on who you are as a person. I thought that that was incredible too. So Flea, it is, uh, it's been nominated for several Oscars. It is up for best documentary. It's up for um, best international film and up for best animated movie. So interesting. So interesting. Even to, I mean, I can see like documentary and international, but having an animated film, and then be also documentary, also international feature. I don't know that anything's happened like this before. It's a, yeah. it shows the um, kind of like the, uh, 
wide breadth of this film to be able to tick all these boxes. Yeah. And I, I, I knew that going in and I was like, you know, best animated feature, um, the other nominees, it's Encanto. <laughs> I know, it's so strange. It's Encanto, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Four movies that I loved. Yeah. I thought that they were all fantastic, and I think they are all great. And it's like, how do you compare The Mitchells versus yeah. the Machines with Flea? It is, it is. It is it's such an impossible <laughs> yeah. task. It is an odd collection because it's all these sweet, you know, Disney, Pixar, whatever films for for children essentially. And then you have this yeah. horrific look at immigration, this rare story, rare glimpse behind this curtain that is not for children. Right. But it's fascinating. I mean, I think that's it's so hard not to give the award to Flea. That's I know. Imagine being Luca, which I did not care for, and winning yeah. against Flea. Weakest, I would feel sure. terrible. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but yeah, it is it is fascinating feat, and it's uh, one of the only interesting things that's going to happen at the Oscars this year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the other international features. Drive my car. We saw that's three. True. We saw the Hand of God. Haven't even heard about. Um, I think it's online. I think it's accessible right now. Um, Lu Lunana, a yak in the classroom. I had never. I had never heard of that one either. That sounds good. And the worst person in the world. Which, which is that coming to Oriental? I think it's possible. I see the poster up. Uh, yeah, the poster's there. I think it might might be after a while. I'm not 100%. But yeah, that one is getting a lot of attention. And I've been wanting to see that for a while. Joaquin Trier. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, that wraps up Flea. Playing at the Oriental Theater. You should absolutely see it. Yes. Um, time for our favorite segment, Christopher Pollard. What else have you been watching? Oh, what else have I been watching? So I recently, um, read, uh, the Moonstone, which is like this, um, 1800s, written in the 1800s, I believe, or, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. I don't remember. It's a British, uh, the Moonstone. Okay. They call it uh, England's first detective story. Oh. And it is unbelievably good. Oh, wow. I love that. It's like a real page turner. It's funny. I mean, it really holds up uh, by contemporary standards. There's some really great characters. Wow. Of From course. 1868. Is that, did you look it up? Yeah, that's right. It's a brilliant story. It's very fun, and it is a very you know st- a detective story told from different perspectives, not the same story told from different perspectives. It's like a different person, a different narrator takes it up as you go through it, which is I love that. Sure. Um, and all the voices are distinct, the, all the different narrators. So anyway, it's a really great book, and uh, I read it, and then I discovered that uh, BBC had created a mini series of the moonstone and i believe it's available on amazon so i started watching it and it's great it's so great to read a book and then just right off of watching uh, reading the book go dig in on the movie or the book or the yeah totally yes so it's makes you remember it so much better too you know and it like it's like oh wow this has multi-faceted and it makes it like it's it makes you realize how big it is you know and yeah 
a part of the culture. Okay, cool. So yeah, that was go. great, and um, I'm still watching it. It has a couple actors in it I really like, and so I'm very excited to dig in. I will say, watching it, I thought this is something that if you aren't interested in this genre or this book, that could seem very, very boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd recommend it for people who have not, are not familiar with it. Uh, cause yeah. at the beginning I'm like, I guess this could be uh, interesting if you hadn't already dug in, but we'll see. I really, I'm enjoying it though. I feel like so often I'm like, somebody will tell me about someone to, you know, watch or something like that. And I, I feel like a lot of times I'm pretty good at like batting that down. But anytime anybody mentions a book, I'm like, Oh, I need to put I'll, that on the list. Listen, <laughs> I, this is just one in a series. I realize I am, uh, I, f- I have an obsession right now, which is mainly British, but there's a couple French ones. Uh, these, these 19th century, um, uh, like adventure or detective or mystery stories. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm finding so many, like obviously Sherlock Holmes I've been digging into for a while. I found this. There's a French character called Fantomas, which is killer. It's a oh, series of books. Yeah. Um, inspired the band Fantomas. And then, <laughs> um, but there's so much of that and interesting different variations on it. And I love it. I mean, H.G. Wells, yeah. Jules Verne, those things count in my mind, too, because they're that adventure story. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really liking it. It's also, it's like the version of, they're not, I don't think those would be considered pulp. But even pulp from that era is written so much better than most fiction you're going to read today. It's just got such a vocabulary and a mm-hmm. storytelling tradition that it's so good. It feels like it's literature, but it's also fun and adventurous and so I'm really, I'm really liking that whole era. I've been reading a uh, cup of gold by John Steinbeck, yeah. which is his first novel that he wrote in 1929. Yeah. And I bought it from, I went to the Steinbeck house in Salinas, like, Oh yeah. Years, that was cool. years ago. Yeah. And I, and I bought it being like, Oh, it's his first novel. And I didn't remember anything about it. And it on the front, it has like a, kind of like an imprint of a farm. And so I thought it was like about a farm or something like that. And I had no idea what it was starting to read it. And I was like, I got like 30 pages in. And I was like, what is, what is going on? Here? Yeah. And then I kept on reading. And then on Sunday, I just read like 70 pages of it. Yeah. And it's about uh, like, it, it's the main character ends up being like, uh, he wants to be a buccaneer. That's his like <laughs> goal in life. And so it is this like adventure story. And I was like, it's so not what I was expecting. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's like Steinbeck's first novel. I'm sure it's a little amateurish or like he'll like get better. Um, but he um, just starts off great. And I have been absolutely loving it too. Oh, just that's old great. literature from the uh, early 1900s. Yeah. I highly recommend. Um. Uh, the only thing that I have been watching this week is I started watching The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I saw an episode or two of that. Yeah. So somebody described the series to me as succession, but stupider. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> I was like, it count to me in. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is succession, but stupider. And uh, the characters are fantastic. And each one of them, uh, it's like, it's written and produced by Danny McBride, who I absolutely love. And uh, he is so funny. And the like, 
in just a way that's so like outrageous. Yeah. It is so funny. And uh, I watched like, I watched the whole first season in like three days. So yeah, it's the, it's a family of preachers, like big mega church yeah. preachers that yeah. are just very money grubbing. And um, I'll tell you who I love on that show is the sister. Oh my God. Her character she is, is so funny. So funny. And it's so like not what you are expecting because it's it's like she's the sister in this like religious family, um, but she's also just like so irreverent as well, yeah, in a way that is, and and so like it her character is so uniquely uh, like nothing I've ever seen <laughs> before. <laughs> she's like, like so awkward. Odd. She's awkward, and the I mean the whole family they they you know, they treat each other poorly and they all act like they're 14. Um, right. But they act like they're 14 in different ways, which is really funny. And she, I don't remember, I wish I remembered her name, but she is a comedian. I've heard her on a bunch of podcasts that I like doing different characters. She's always really funny, but she plays that kind of like juvenile, awkward uh, character really well. But I liked her. Yeah. I thought she was a standout for me. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Okay. Oh, this... wait, wait. Before we wrap up, what? I would like to uh, uh, suggest to everybody to find us on Instagram. Wow. Find us on Instagram. We finally have an Instagram. Uh, so it's a Cine, uh, Cinebuds podcast. Find us on there. Follow us on there. We'll, uh, we'll post some fun stuff. Okay, and Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Our theme song is from walking musician and author Brett Newski. Oh, Mr. Newsk. We get uh, support from Associated Bank. Oh, thank you. Uh, we also get support from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Yes, thank you. And finally, uh, I would like to give a special thank you oh, to the Valentine in my life. Oh boy, who's that? Special Christopher Pollard. I am my so one and only so sweetie. I am so sorry, but I am engaged to be <laughs> wed. To me? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> you didn't even know it. Oh, he is betrothed. <laughs> All right, bye.